Welcome to the Rich and Worthy Podcast, a badass woman's guide to getting what you truly want. This is your place where you come to listen, share, learn, and be inspired to create more for yourself. I'm your host, Melissa Alaba. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Uh, today, I am joined by Laurel and Kimberly Kelly, one of my clients that we worked together last year. And if you don't know, I'm Melissa Alba, your breakthrough coach, money healer, group practice owner, and woman who is loving and living and owning her life. Welcome, welcome, guys. Welcome. Hey, Thank you. you Thank Melissa. you, Melissa, for having us. Yay. So it is always exciting to meet with my clients because I never see you guys as clients, but always like as family. And that piece is so exciting to me, especially like not just family, but my rich and worthy family that I get motivation from, too. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So I just kind of wanted to jump in. You guys share a little bit about where you are like right now. We'll talk about some of the stuff we did together. But what's been happening for you in this 2022? Um, a lot of exciting things have been happening for us. We started our trucking business. I'm Kimberly Kelly. I have a real estate brokerage. and I'm Laurel Kelly. I have a um, tax and accounting firm. Yay. Like she said, we started a trucking business. So we're, uh, we're, you know, we're still doing baby steps right now. But that's, you know, we're in the exciting stage of it. So we'll see how that, where that takes us. Well, I think it's more than exciting. I mean, from what I heard, we got trucks on the road. Yes, we do. Yes, and that is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's exciting. And it's also, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of work involved. So, yeah, there's uh, exciting times, but there's, uh, you know, sometimes you're pulling your hair out, too. So it's OK. Yeah, I think that's the fun part about business, though. I think when people go into it, they're often just thinking about, like, the payoff, right? The getting a big check, being a millionaire, uh, saying, oh my God, I had a six-figure month or whatever, but they never think about all the stuff that happens in between. And that is the stuff that is the funniest. That is the stuff that builds character. That is the stuff that's the stories that you tell your grandchildren. Exactly. You know, <laughs> we got to enjoy the process. Yeah. So we're trying to enjoy the process and not take things so personal and so serious because if it's going to work, it's going to work. You know, what's for us going to be for us. So, yeah. That and is, it's going to work. And it's going absolutely. to work. Yep. It's working. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's working. So when you said that, I have to share this story because it made me immediately think about years ago, like I was in my 20s and for my husband and I had a real estate company. And I'll never forget like that first home was the thing that was like, if anything was going to break you, it'd be like the first deal. So this first deal, we do it. And I say, scrape up the money to, to get the down payment, to figure it all out. And now we finally, you know, we went through section eight. We had a, a tenant that was going to move in and we finally uh, were getting to the inspection part. We were so excited. People were coming out the next day. And over the weekend, it rained real bad in Chicago so the whole basement flooded, right? <laughs> and all the drywall, all the stuff that we had done, because we had done a complete rehab on the house, that was all ruined. When I tell you it was water like up to almost the ceiling in the basement, and it was just like, man, seriously? So to get all the water out, we had to then pay somebody to come do waterproofing of the basement. That was another like $5,000, which of course delayed the person moving in, which meant we had to pay another mortgage payment. All of the things that happened, like literally was like, could anything else happen over here? But once we got through that barrier, right? So once we got through that, I feel like the first thing always tests you. Once we got through that, next thing you know, we were just having deal after deal. And we were able to see where our hard work and our perseverance like really grounded us but it also gave us funny stories and it allows us to know that even when stuff happens it's not going to break us it doesn't break the business it's just shit that you have to move through exactly exactly and like you said it was character and grit so that is like we've been through enough I'm not saying everything enough trial and error that you know what we just got to keep pushing we just got to keep pushing forward so that's a good thing Absolutely. So we got a chance to work together. I want to say it was last November. 
Yes, it was last November. Okay, awesome. And if you're hearing this, it is uh, March. Man, this year's been going. The end of March 2022. So what were some of the things that you guys got out of, like, the work that we did together? For me, it was more so, like, it was just the mindset around money, you know, um, we're told certain things and we have these different kind of beliefs as far as money is concerned. But working with you, it kind of put everything into um, like layman terms, more so like money's energy. Like don't it, it's going to come to you. And it gave us a bigger picture of what was obtainable. It made it make sense. So working with you as a money coach, you were able to help us break through a lot of barriers and just mindset barriers of why we thought the way we thought. And how we can self-sabotage ourselves as far as money is concerned, telling ourselves the things we speak of. And also, you gave us a lot of tools to work with to get through those money breakthroughs because I feel that we will always hit a ceiling because we just wouldn't take it to the next level. And that was just a shift in the mindset as far as money is concerned, knowing that it's okay, we're worthy of going to that next level. And it's okay, whoever comes with us. I think that for me, it was huge. Um, even though I, I I felt it and I knew it, but um, working with you, you just kind of clarified and just put it just so easy and made it just so, okay, we can do this. You know, we're not, we don't have to be a product of our environments. It's okay for us to take it to the next level. It's okay for us to be millionaires. It, it, it's fine. It's fine. You know, don't be afraid to take it to that next level because you, you're subconsciously concerned about the dynamics of people around you. Yeah, I love that. And I definitely want to, I always say the, the clients that I work with are all already powerful people and power hitters. So I want to make sure I say you guys were already multi-thousandaires, uh, hundredaires, thousands of uh, making that every every year. So you didn't come and then we did a magic pill and then you got to, you know, 300,000 or whatever. Like you were already there, but you were looking to move up to like even greater, like even the next level. And it's like, well, how do I go from this level to, to that next level? And what I tell a lot of people is like, when you're shifting up to that next level, so you go from 200,000 to 400,000, there's another shift of energy and moves that have to happen in your body to take you there or 400,000 to 600,000 to a million. It's like, oh, how do I hold that much? How, how am I okay with that around family and friends and, and, and not have shame or fears around that? For me, most of it was the, the, the psychological part of it because, you know, mm-hmm. we're just doing things every day and not paying attention to why we're doing these things and, and why we hold on to money or why we don't think about the, the next step or how, you know, what gets us to the next point. So for me, working with you was more of a psychological thing because it was like you got to the root cause of certain blockage. And once you identify those blockages, then now you can say, OK, let me start. Let me do change this around. Let me do this a little bit different. And then, you know, things started happening at that point. So, you know, again, for me, it was a psychological part of it. I love it. Hey, Rich and Worthy Woman. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know, if you want to connect with me more deeply, head on over to my Facebook page, Melissa Alba, where I chat about money, having fun, and feeling good every day, all day. And I want to say, like, I was reading a comment the other day, Laurel, that you made. And it was like, I didn't really want to work with her at first. I had no, no thought, like, why are we doing this? <laughs> but I came along because wife set it up. <laughs> <laughs> that was true. <laughs> yeah. So what shifted for you as we, we did work together? Like, what, what made you say, oh, this was actually a good idea? Well, for me, so there was a couple of things. Um, you know, that we look back at in my past. And this this is like way back in my past, not even recent past, but like when I was a kid. And, you know, we identified certain things at that point that I didn't like when I was a kid. And when we identified it, and I realized that I'm still holding on to those issues. And because of that, I was, you know, I, I wouldn't let go of money because I didn't know where the next money is coming from. So mm-hmm. my spending habit was a little bit different. So you know, those are the things, that's one of the main things that stood out for me. So, I, And once I changed that mindset, then I think probably shortly after I spoke to you, I think I made like, a, I don't know, about $150,000 in like just a short period of time, 
where I didn't think, you know, I didn't even think of it. It just, it just happened. Like, you know, so just because I changed a few things and changed the way I did, I did things a little bit, then things started happening a little bit different. So. I love it. Y'all didn't invite me to dinner either. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, at least when, when the big butts come in, at least you can call me over for dinner. You know? We got you. We got you, Melissa. <laughs> but I love that. So how are things going now, like, as a family enterprise? I think that when we did the money um, VIP, I think there's a certain level of energy that comes with that. And as we talked about different things, you know, we all, we all have, we have, we have sons. Um, we only have boys. So with that, I know for me, it was very important for me to show the boys and him, you know, because kids don't listen to what you say, they watch what you do. So we were trying to basically lead by example, but we were leading in a way that we were taught to lead, not in a way, you know, basically this generation like, okay, this, you know, but more so we kind of like let the chains off a little bit when it came to them and kind of took away the ending, the expectation. We just let it flow. And now it's good because our, like our oldest son, he's in the business now and he's doing phenomenal. Um, we, it's like he totally found his niche. And with that, it's just more so just like kind of stepping back and just let the universe and God just flow. Everything just kind of flowing. And um, and it just it just shows that once you release what the outcome is going to be, things happen. So we detach from the outcome. We just kind of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put these things in, in place. And that's what we did. We were had the faith enough to put the things in place. And then they just kind of, they're flowing. Like without, we detach from our, the outcome, what it should be, how it should look. And that was very key to us. And that's how we're doing it now. It's almost like, we're like, okay, let me knock on wood. But then, but now I'm really like releasing, you know, from whatever the outcome is going to be, because it's going to be good. It doesn't have to be so hard. It doesn't have to be up all night thinking it, you know, if it's going to, if whatever it's going to do is going to make or break us because, you know, we got this far. So whatever happens, we can recreate. And that's to me, you know, knowing it's going to be okay. I love it. So another aspect that we worked on was looking at you guys as a couple and thinking about who was like the generator, who takes the ideas and runs with it, who processes it. Um, and then also just thinking about how you show up in your superpower. You guys remember those conversations? So Lorel, when you think about your superpower, tell us what it is and then like how you're effectively using it right now because you're managing multiple businesses. I think my superpower is kind of um, identifying other people's skill set. So if, um, you know, I try not to, you know, in the past, I would try to figure it out myself. I try to keep all the money here. I don't want to hire anybody because I could probably do it and save me a little bit of money, you know, that kind of stuff. But in the long run, I think you lose money um, doing that because you're trading time. So now I try to find the correct individual that can, you know, that that will do a better job than I can do. Let them do their part. And I focus on managing the business. And I think that's, you know, that's probably my superpower at this point. Loving this. Yes. Because that is, that's the shift that has to happen as you move into your millions. You cannot be a, a millionaire company and you're doing all the jobs. Like it's just because you can't think about what happens next. You can't think about the innovative piece, the growth piece, projections, and bringing in more business if you're also answering the phone. Like it's just, you know. It's, it's when you're new to business or when you're, when you, when you're, just starting out and you're trying to launch something, there's money in this, there's expenses coming from every direction. And now you're like, okay, how can I reel back some of those expenses? Maybe I can do this myself. Maybe I can do that, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, you don't realize that you're making it worse for yourself. It'll take me an hour to do that rather than pay somebody else that knows how to do that and take them 10 minutes. So I want to go do something else that I can focus on. And I know I can do good. I can generate some more business while that person is doing, you know, so if you look at it like that, then you realize that you're actually, um, you know, wasting more time or wasting more money rather than saving money. So, and we know you all about the money. Look at you, money. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Kimberly, uh, were you able to identify your superpower? Oh yeah, I know mine. Um, and that's the good thing about it, because even when we started, like you know, with skills, strengths, and things of that nature. Like Laurel said, and I can pick it back off of him, one of the key things that I always say you have taught us is hire your weakness. 
hire your weakness, um, you know, identify what you can do and what you don't do, because I'm one of those people I get in my head and I'm like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. And I stay in front of a spreadsheet all day and I, I rather just do stuff. But the things that I don't want to do, um, they'll just linger on, linger on. So that was one of the biggest shifts for me as far as hiring my weakness, because my habits are a certain way and trying to work with them and not just fight against them. I just know what I cannot do at this point and I don't want to do it. So that was one of the key things as far as I shift. And it's OK for me to delegate because I'm kind of like I want to control and make sure everything look a certain way. This mm -hmm. needs to look a certain way. This needs, and like, OK, you can let it go. It's OK to let it go. It's fine. So and that was a major shift because it took me a minute to even just for that to even process, you know, like, OK, well, I, I got to give up this. How can I trust? But I got to just trust the process. So that was huge for me as well. And just being able, especially how we work together, just knowing that we're looking out for the big picture of each other. Mm -hmm. so it's just not just, OK, I'm doing this on my own and he doing that on his own. OK, what can I do? Because we check in with each other. OK, how you doing? You good? You good? And, you know. And that way, like, if you need me to do anything or you need to do anything, what do you need for your business? Can I help you? So that's kind of how we work together like that. Just basically checking in, communicating and knowing, like, he has my best interests at heart and I have his best interests at heart. And we just trust each other. I love that. That's that inner circle love, right? Yeah. So I was thinking about, as you were talking, even with like that inner circle love, you know, and I talk about that, like the people in your household are ones that you hold to the highest regard because these people who have your back. How are you guys still doing things like date night and taking time for yourself? You know, are you still traveling together? How are you getting time to just focus on you versus the businesses? I think we, we probably traded date night for traveling. I think we haven't done a lot of date night stuff but we try to, to travel as much as we can, as, you know, as often as we possibly can. So one of the things that we did since June, we, you know, our goal is to, and again, you said I'm with the money. So, um, so our goal is to, if you make a certain amount of money, then we can take a trip, a quarter of the trip. So every, every quarter we reconvene, see what, if we made our goal and if we made a goal, then we take a trip. So we don't do a lot of date nights. And I think, you know, that we should do more date nights. But, um, you know, we try to travel as often as we can. So. I love it. I know y'all just came back from a trip. So love it. Love it. I just think all that connection is so important. And I love the fact that you guys are doing it and making it work for you and tying it into like your family goals. What does legacy look like for you? Legacy for me, I, legacy is really big for me. See, I got grandkids at this point. So I'm trying to look past my kids and then focus on my grandkids, which automatically make you know put my kids in a position as well so i'm not even just looking at them i'm trying to look at the, my grandkids so if i can focus on my grandkids then my kids will automatically be okay so you know um i want my kids to look back and say hey my dad you know he did that you know he didn't sit around and wait for stuff to happen he actually went out and made stuff happen and i want them to take that same energy i don't care what they do as long as they take that same energy and be like you know what i'm not going to wait around for it i don't care which President is in power. I don't care. None of that stuff. I'm going to make my money regardless whoever is in power. You know, like, you know, that's the mindset I wanted to have. So I'm going hard, going hard now just so that they can see it. And then, you know, once they see it, that they can take the mantle and, and, and run with it. So. I love it. How about you, Kimberly? I guess it is huge because, you know, as like I said, we have a boy. So we don't just work hard ourselves. We'll drag them along with us. You know, I want you to see this. I want you to put in work. Say, for instance, I have a listing and I have to do certain things. I bring them along with me. They, they're going to have to put in some work, too. It's not like, OK, we're going to do all the work. And you guys just get the benefits. No, that's not how it works. You're going to come in here. You're going to get your feet, you know, dirty as well right along with us because it's just not going to be given to you that way. So legacy is huge because, like Laurel said, I, we have grandkids at this point and, um, they're also watching and we talk to them about certain things. So as we're learning ourselves, we just bring them along, right along with us. Like, okay, this is what you need to do. Handle your business, handle your business. The umbrella of our business is Kelly and Sons. So as we bring it down, we have all those boys. It, it just, it, that's, that will be the tree. That will be the legacy. So the leaves will, you know, come off, branch out uh, with them because it's under Kelly and Sons. So, which is good. And they know the expectations. So I love it. I saw an Instagram post 
And it was like a video and you guys had like a trailer or something you were rehabbing and your, your caption was like, it don't look like much now. And then I saw your son in there and it was like, yeah, they coming along and he was doing his thing and you were in the kitchen doing yours. And I just like, man, that just brought back so many memories for me of taking my kids to different properties where it was a hot mess, but it was like, they need to know how the money is made and they need to have this, this mindset early on that you get an opportunity to own your life as long as you put in the work. And when you stop working, things stop moving. Like literally, and like you said, it doesn't matter who's in office, who's not in office. We have the ability to create for ourselves what we desire. Um, And teaching our kids that is like, I think is the ultimate in legacy, not just giving them the money, but how do you keep it going? How do you produce off of your own talents and then your grandkids seeing the same thing and going forth? So that's like really just shifting generational wealth. And, and the psychology of the next generation, you know, and you guys did that. You're doing that. Yeah. I purchased a property for each of my boys um, so that, you know, even if I, even if something happens and God forbid, I can't give them physical cash. Like, you know, our parents wasn't in a position to say, here, take this and run with it. Um, you know, so, I, you know, I purchased a property for each of them and that would be, if I can't give them something tangible at that point, um, cash-wise, they'll have something to run with. So they can use that property to either, um, they can they have somewhere to live at that point, or they can sell that, use that for a start, or you know that kind of stuff. So those are the stuff that I try to create so that, to make it a lot easier for them once they decide to, to go out you know, into the world and do their own thing. So. I love it. And you touched on something, and I definitely want to make sure we share that. Neither one of you guys came from money, right? No. <laughs> so tell me what that was like. When, when I say not from money, sometimes people think, well, they must have had middle class parents, you know, professor, doctor who got them started. Tell me what your upbringing was like and how you managed to get yourself here. Rose first generation um, immigrant from Jamaica. So he came here in his late teens. So basically came here in this country, basically, of course, with nothing. I am a former foster child. So I was basically raised by the state and I um, I was a teenage mom. So we had nothing basically just, just coming up. And by that, um, by not having that and, and, and knowing I had nothing else to fall back on, you know, being very young, having kids. Um, by the time I was probably like 22, 23, I already had three kids, you know? And um, it was very important to me when I looked at my environment that I didn't want them to grow up like that. It was, that was very clear to me at seven, six, 15 years old. I looked around and I just knew that I didn't want my kid to, you know, experience that. So I really worked hard and I tried. And, um, and one thing I know about us is it's like we coming up and not having anything to fall back on. Um, there was, it was no other option in my mind. So when me and Laurel got together, um, and I already had two kids at that time, and then we had another one, you know, it was just, it was very important to lead by example of what we thought we knew. His dad was a businessman. I had never even known, I didn't even knew what that was. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what business was. But one thing I did know, I love to read. I love to read, I love to learn stuff. So um, I want to say for your 25th birthday, I gave you a business in a box. Was it? Yeah, around that time. So he was in the computers working for companies. And make a long story short, he kept kept getting laid off, right? You know, so it was just like, okay, for your birthday, just, I'm going to incorporate you. I know you know how to fix computers on the side. And we just stepped out on faith. And that's just kind of how it just um, it looked like for us. We had no idea what we were doing, but we just knew there was something in us that we, can, we would be able to do it. So um, it was very important because especially for him because his dad that's what he knew he knew business me I'm I'm very if I have an idea I'm very quick at executing it and he's my cheerleader because he follows through everything I feel allowed or I'm ready for the next thing he is the completer Mm -hmm. so and that was one of the big money mindsets for me because when you come from not having money 
And as you, I want to say, I don't know, level up or whatever the word is, if you, as you grow, you get homes, you still don't feel worthy. You don't feel like you deserve it because if you come from like, like poverty or things of that nature, you're still looking around and don't give yourself credit. You still, you shy about saying the things that you said, you know, you have, or you don't want people to know like, okay, you bought another car because you, I, I don't know what the, the being ashamed of it is comes with, but um, that was a big shift even for myself to be okay with the goals that we've created and the strides we made along the way, because I would just be like, well, I don't have, we don't have nothing. We don't have, you know, like I would just say those things because it's almost like you, I felt guilty so hard and strive, but you know, some, some of your peers haven't did that. And you know, some, and, and nothing against them, but it left me with a sense of guilt. And I, I didn't understand that just coming from, you know, not having anything and wanting to psychologically stay in that, that I want to be rich, but I still had that mindset of like not giving myself credit for everything that I have worked hard for. Yeah. And I think you just said it perfectly, like the shame that comes along with excelling past people that are in your immediate circle. Like, you know, because it's like, I'm doing so much more than them or at a different level, it starts to feel uncomfortable, you know? And so and even for myself, because I know that's work that we did together. I also have a coach, right? And I, I share that with you guys, because as I'm leveling up and doing different things, I notice myself when I'm feeling like, you know, like the other day I was asking God for my old neighborhood. Now, this is weird as heck, but I was like, God, I really, I just really want to have neighbors again. And I want to, I want to be able to go to their house and they come to my house because, <laughs> and I knew what that was. It was really me saying because I'm getting ready to move, it was me saying, I'm getting, I'm feeling it again, where I'm getting so far out, I need some familiarity, like I need to feel comfortable again, and then it was like, girl, you just got some new friends that's doing what you're doing, relax, call them for lunch. You know, but yeah, we want that familiarity to, to have in your life, but like you said, you have to really check yourself. Is it just you really want somebody, or are you just like having one of those trigger moments? Yeah. And that's when you have to really go in and remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. And if you stop now, you won't get to the ultimate goal. Like for me, the ultimate goal is to help women of color heal and impact as many women as I can and many families as I can as they're shifting their mindset and clearing this ancestral energy of capitalism and people owning us to get into a space where we can have money and wealth and do it in a way in which we impact our community in a different way. That's not a, not capitalistic where it's like, I do good and I just do good, (laughs) but it's, I do good. And everybody around me, if they are willing to do the work, they also do good. I mean, I just gave my uh, staff a raise and a big piece of that was like, we, we shifted out of, you know, insurance into primarily private pay So I said, hey, like if you guys are able to shift your mindset up to be able to allow more in, then of course I'm going to reward you. Like it's not just about me. I'm doing it because I'm seeing housing prices are going up. I'm doing it because I see gas prices are going up. I'm doing it because I want, I know you guys have college degrees. Y'all still got to pay for it. So you can't do it at these old levels. We have to recreate what this looks like. And that was a big shift for them. And it definitely was one for me because we all had to, move together. But as we did that, and we have a three month goal, um, and we we pretty much made it but enough for me to say, let's start right here. Let's let's shift up to this amount. Now, some of them were surprised. You know, they literally were like, what we getting this amount of raise. And it was like, yep, because I keep my word, my word is everything to me. And it's not just about me, it's about all of us. You know, back to um, me not having anything to begin with. My dad, he was like she said, is a business owner. So even though he didn't, he didn't physically give me, you know, some to you know money to run with. Just the mindset of seeing him every day go to work, um, build his business. From ever since I known him, he's always had his business, and he's always worked at his business. Even till this day, he still works at his business. So you know, just that mindset that I took, I ran with that as a business person. You know, just that business mindset that I have now, and I have to credit that to him because. That's all I've seen. That's all I know. And that's all I've always wanted to do. Just just because that's what I see him do. And that's what he's taught me. So as far as legacy, that's his legacy to me, I guess, at that point. Um, yes. It starts from us showing 
the generation under us something different. And it puts a seed, whether that is your niece and nephews, even if they never see their dad or their mom execute business, they see their uncle and their aunt. You know, you rich auntie, you rich uncle. You know, it's like, how they get what they got? I want to see what that looks like. You know, I want to call them. I'm getting calls all the time. I'm like, look, I can't be y'all coach on 24-7 because I got a lot of nieces and nephews. And I swear to goodness, every time they start a business, it's like, uh, so auntie, so tell me about so-and-so, so-and-so, which I love. And I'm always saying you just have to put in the work, you know, as well. But you you can get that and you can definitely go forth. But it it instills this seed. I want to make sure I also say this because I think this is so important. Kimberly, as you were sharing your story, so many people, so starting out, having the two children, me and Laurel, you start a family, you're young, gone through the foster care system, didn't go to college. And that could be a barrier for people, right? It's like, oh, I didn't do it the way other people did it. But you found something you were good at and you just showed out in it. You still do to this day. And because of because of your hustle, I always say like, I love doing the work to help people identify who they are in this world and amplify what they're already doing, but I can't make you. <laughs> you already come made. <laughs> and so you, you come, you came with that hustle that, you know, so that I'm, I'm here, I'm not going to be erased, and I'm going to do the work, right? I'm going to do the work because I, I have decided, and it's all a decision. It's always a decision. I have decided I'm going to invest in myself over and over again to up-level myself. Like, you educated yourself. You know, I think back to the time when um, I remember not, I'm like the one of the first generation even having a college degree. I went through technical school, but I got my ambassadors in electronic engineering. But it was very important for me. I don't know why it was like, and still I had to show my boys, like I had to show them. Like if you start something, you finish, it was, you know, I don't, I didn't want them to have any excuses. I'm like, I am that parent. Like, there, there's no reason why you cannot do it. You can do it. So I'm not going to say it without having nothing to back it up. I want, I want you, because when you come to me and tell me what you cannot do, you got to be able to tell me why you can't do it because you can do it. So that is, I didn't give myself any excuses. So I'm not going to, you know, and I'm not saying that it wasn't easy. It wasn't hard along the way, but when you, when you have, like you said, that hustle in you and you just know, it's almost like it's embedded in you and you just know what you know, you just, go, just do it. Just do it there. Just do it. Period. That's the key. Who's going to do the work? Are you going to do the work? We can talk all day and say this, that, and the first. What are you going to do to work? Because you can coach people like us all day, but are you going to, are we, are we going to execute? Are we going to follow through? You know, are we, are we really going to do it? What works for us? So that right there is like, it's very, very important, you know, to me to be able to say, listen, you can do this. Yeah. And you do it. It is exciting. And I think that's the courage piece, you know? So I feel like a lot of the work that I do is to instill the courage to go further, like to take what you already have and, and say, I can do this at a, at a higher level. And it also shifts the hustle mentality, right? So initially it's the hustle, like the first couple of years of business, usually I would say like the first year and a half, because there's so many things that have to be laid out. And then you're figuring out your system, you're figuring out your sales system, you're figuring out your lead system, you're, you're figuring out the operations piece of it. Then it's the sitting back and getting your time back and now figuring out how to delegate. And that's when, if you get stuck in the hustle piece, this is when people start to lose because it's like, now when things are like more like delegation, you get bored. It's like, what, what can I go mess with? What could I go touch? What, what else could we start? <laughs> and I'm the one that's like, this is not where you start something else. <laughs> This is where you fine tune. This is where you get your life back in a normal schedule for your family. This is where business starts to be business, you know? And I think that's one of the key components that you brought to us as far as, you know, turning um, a business, really looking at your business as a business. Many times we get in the, uh, have a business and we still like, you know, it's still that hustle. Okay. I just got to get this money. I got to do it. But it's really, you really got to get your systems together, make it a business, really make it a business. And those are the key things. Like when we spoke about like scaling it to that next level, 
that is very important because if you're still in a hustle mode, you're still out here trying to add little pieces to it instead of fine tuning it. Now it's time to fine tune it so it can work for you. And then if you if you decide, you know, along the way you want to add like another piece to it, you know, of, of that business, now you already have your systems in place and it, it really expands it. I love it. There's so much things for you to do as the owner or manager that needs to get done. So I, as far as getting bored, you shouldn't even be able to get bored. You can delegate, but there's still a lot of stuff for you to be um, to do on your, um, you know, and even outside of that, you can even work on yourself at that point. You know? Yes. That's the key. There's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff to be done. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because even in delegation, there is coaching. You know, so a lot of times and I'm, I'm actually uh, my next uh, podcast is going to be on how to hire. But a lot of times people think that's the answer. Let me just go hire three people. Well, if you don't have time to coach them, it's going to be a hot mess. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the mindset rituals that you guys continue to do now? I know for me, as far as the mindset, I'm not just a businesswoman. I'm also a wife and a mother, you know, so that I'm still in that phase of my life right now, you know, with kids still going to school and, you know, things that are still happening in the household. So um, my shift in my mindset, when I get overwhelmed and you have given us tools, like I'll go sit in a corner somewhere, I'll find a coping mechanism to get me out of that, you know, that overwhelming space um, because it's important, like, being able to separate myself from so many things that you have to do. So I know for me, I know that when I get in that space, when I'm overwhelmed, I just, I just go back to the tools. I find something that is going to shift my mind back to center, more meditation, more tapping. Main thing is the self-talk, the self-talk to myself. Well, how paying attention to the thoughts that are coming across what I'm saying to myself. How how am I how am I identifying myself within myself talking my head on a daily basis when I get up in the morning? What am I just saying to me? What am I thinking? So these are the tools that are very important, you know, as far as in order to continue to push forward and to get out of my head and our, our head or whatever as the goals that we're trying to achieve. I want to make it where um, I have certain parameters set up when you know yourself and you know how you can get these rackets in your head about certain things to go right to the tools. Okay. Instead of letting it linger too long. Okay. Get over here. You need to sit down somewhere. You need to go outside and breathe, meditate. Maybe you just need a moment where you just need to step back and just come back. I, I'll tell him quick. I said, I go, got to go in the corner and then I'll come back out. <laughs> yeah. It literally is like that because you just get, sometimes it's, it's just life. Yeah. So, I'm trying to control the thing and try to step, you know, work away from like a serenity prayer, control the things that I can. Yeah. How about you, Larell? Your business on, on a daily basis will give you like reality checks sometimes. You know, you think you're doing, you're doing your thing and and then boom, if something hits you and you you don't know how to deal with it immediately or you, you think you're doing it properly, but then it's compounded with other things and you're not dealing with it properly. So when I get to that moment, you would give us a, a couple of videos to watch that, you know, like helps you just um, reprogram your mind and tell mm -hmm. your mind, listen, this is where I'm going. This is what I am now. This is where I want to be at. And I keep reiterating that in my brain and, you know, get to where, you know, get to a point where I can focus on what needs to get done. And being that now I'm thinking at a higher level, I can now focus on what this issue is that, you know, that I'm dealing with. So those tools, you know, they're simple tools. And it, I mean, just looking at it from the outside just seems so simple. But when you start to play it in your head over and over and over, then it, it, it starts, you, you're now programming your mind to think differently. And the situation doesn't seem as bad as it is once you're on this level now. You know, so. I love it. I love it. So, you know, this is the end of first quarter. How do you guys feel like you're doing with your goals? We're there and not quite there. I, I see where it's coming together, but it's a lot slower than I anticipated. But I, you know, all the pieces of the puzzle is slowly coming together. And, you know, I can see where if I keep on this path, then, you know, uh, by quarter three, I will be there. But right now we're still, it's still a work in progress. I love it. And, and, and so here's what I would say to you and, you know, anyone who's listening, 
when you're in a space and you're you're building your business and you have some numbers, which are like our metrics, right? I always say to people, it's not business if you're not making any money. It's like a really expensive hobby. <laughs> so, but you have these metrics that you want to meet and you don't meet them that first quarter or second quarter or third, sometimes it's like the fourth when it hits or whenever, right? When you're doing the work and you can see what needs to happen next, that's when you know you really hit your rhythm. That's when you know, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, this is happening. This piece over here just needs to be, because it's a puzzle piece. This needs to be moved over here. Uh, once I get a couple people over here, you know, and you have this belief, which is what I hear from you guys. Oh, it's no doubt that it's going to happen. You know, it's just a matter of time. And as long as I, I wake up every day and I do this, 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 man, I'm going to wake up and it's going to be like, bam, one day, <laughs> which I absolutely am excited for you, you know, and I already heard the up level with the money. So that happened immediately. So that piece was great. It was like instantaneously. I was like, maybe we need to do this every month. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all did call me at first and was like, hey, we're going to get our next session. <laughs> put me on rotation like, hold on wait a minute now <laughs> yeah. yeah so i'm excited for you guys super super excited so let's talk about your businesses please share with us the name of your business what you do who you serve i am my business is kimberly keller realty i have a real estate brokerage company um i have realtors i'm hiring realtors as well my wife for my business, I serve everybody. I serve working people, first-time home buyers, um, all, all levels, real estate, commercial. If there's a patch of grass and it's dirt, I, can, I will sell it. And I'm licensed in not only in the state of Georgia, but also in Florida as well. My goal is to make sure people that look like me and you and everyone else, of course, gets the chance to um, own something. That's one of my whys. I want us to understand that, you know, Whatever your American dream or whatever your dream looks like, it's obtainable. It's obtainable. Just ask the questions. Like, we are here to help you. We're here to serve you. And me and LaRoe, we're not just here to do this thing by ourselves. Whatever it is, I mean, we went through a lot of trial and error along the way. And um, not just in the real estate world or in the tax world, but just business in general. So um, I sell real estate and investment properties. And we've done all of that as well. So, you know, be more than happy to reach out to us. We on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all you know, social media platforms, and I'm absolutely looking and would be honored to help anybody along the way. Love it, love it, and all the information is going to be attached to the podcast links, so you definitely can reach out to her. And Larell, tell us about your businesses. My number one business um, right now is uh, Kelly Tax and Accounting. We focus on not only just doing taxes for individuals, but we do taxes for small businesses, small and medium-sized businesses, pretty much manage, uh, we do bookkeeping. We run your business from accounting aspect of it. We, we can manage your entire business for you. So you know, give us a call. The number is going to be listed, but just give us a call, contact us, and um, we'll, you know, we'll try to take your business to the next level. So you don't have to focus on the accounting aspect of it. Like we were talking about earlier, if you um, outsource the, the part of your business that um, somebody else can handle and you can focus on on running your business let us take that aspect of it um, from you let's take the uh, accounting aspect of, of it from you and uh, you can focus on everything else so um, just give us a call and, uh, and we'll take care of that um, as far as our trucking business right now we're still look, we're looking for truck drivers so if you're a truck driver um, within the Atlanta area definitely give us a call we are looking for drivers most of our projects right now are day caps where the driver can actually go home at night and on weekends. So if that's something you're looking for, definitely give us a call. We can see if we can uh, facilitate that for you. I love it. So again, if you 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 were late on your taxes, you're going to be late on the taxes and you have a small business and you're running it and you haven't had a chance to do all these things, they will help with accounting. They will help you get it in order where you have regularly someone checking in with you with your accounting, not just at tax year. So you can also think about um, tax preparation. And for me, that's just making sure you're getting all the advantages, you know, to investing and in all these different things. So you're not spending all your money in taxes and having 
folks who are already business owners, they understand exactly what needs to happen there. And I think that's amazing. And then again, like they're hiring. This is a power couple, okay? They hire realtors and truck drivers. So come on. I want to um, I want to put something out there for because uh, I've I've been getting this a lot this week. Um, just doing taxes, and this is just for individuals that are doing um, trying to get their taxes done. I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, I didn't make as much money as I did last year, so I don't need to file." Or, "Do I need to file?" Or whatever. I just want to let you know the. You know, there is an, an option where if uh, you didn't make as much money this year, now we can actually use your income from 2019 as opposed to using 2021 income. We can use your 2020, uh, we can use your 2019 income and file your return for this year. So if you didn't make as much money as you did last year, definitely give us a call because that shouldn't prevent you from filing your taxes. Definitely call us and we can help you with that. Oh, I love that. Can you explain that again? So, so if you made more and you're not going to get as much back, you can use the previous year? It's called the look-back rule. So basically with the look-back rule, it allows you to not use not use the income from 2021, which is the year that you're actually filing. We can actually use the income from 2019. We don't use the income from 2020 because that's a dead year because of COVID. So we can always go all the way back to 2019. So if 2019 was a great year for you, 2021, because of COVID, nothing happened. And then now you're slowly starting to pick back up in 2021. So you really don't have a great income. We can use your income all the way from 2019 to file your 2021 tax. And now you will get the, um, the benefit as though you was filing in 2019. So, I like that. So what, what would that benefit be? Would that benefit like if you were going to buy a house and you want to reflect a higher income or something like that, like or you want to get like a business loan or something you can show where you've had stability? AGI from 2019 to, to reflect your 2020. So now, now your your income is now higher than it really is. And now you can actually go buy that home on that vehicle or whatever it is. That you Come have. on. This is great information, you guys. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Because a lot of times people think as an entrepreneur, you can't buy things, but there are so many different ways in which you can purchase a home as an entrepreneur. I know it's one program where they'll look at 12 months of your bank statements or either 12 months of your bank statements with like 20% down or two years with 10% down or what have you. And they'll average out what you have uh, made to be able to come up with a number for you to see where you qualify. So there are so many ways for entrepreneurs, because I hear this all the time, people like, well, I don't want to be a full entrepreneur because how am I going to buy a house or how am I going to get a car or insurance? I'm like, there are lots of different ways to do what you need to do <laughs> as an entrepreneur successfully. You know, I think that is a lot of um, the key right there. People don't want to. Um, no, I don't want to say they don't want to. They just don't know what you don't know. You don't know. There are so many resources out there. There are so many programs out there. There are so many banks that are trying different things, especially with this, you know, COVID. We're in a pandemic. Um who knows how long this is going to last. Real estate has went up, but the government also sees that as well. So yeah, um, real estate, the real estate world um, right now, is really, it, it's not a real estate issue. It's a global issue. Right. Um, a whole bunch of inventory and a lot, especially first time home buyers are getting very, you know, discouraged and um, so many things, but um don't just look at it as, you know, okay, it just has to be a house if you're an investor. We invested in a mobile home. You know, there are different ways, even if it's a piece of land. Um, mm -hmm. Don't just be, don't look at just the prices of the homes. There's other things that you can invest in too, opposed to just residential. Um, you can look at commercial right now. You know, it's kind of, it's not as, it's not going up as fast as, you know, residential. There are things that you can look into and there are resources that will help you. Um, they have USDA areas that you can buy 100% financing. They even have 100% financing on different levels, um, even with the banks. Um, so don't be discouraged. The main thing is, to get with a good real, real estate company and ask the questions because you'll be so, so surprised how you're in a position to purchase right now. It may not be overnight, but it's there to be done. So, you know, if you're in a position and you've been working at your job like two years and your credit score, like say it's 640 and above, at least try. Right. Try and see what happens, you know, because that opportunity may be right there for you. I've had 
I can't even tell you numerous of people who have literally moved in the, in the homes and basically didn't come out of the pocket with much. No more than what you will be paying to move into a first and last of an apartment. So, right. You know, I love it. So I'm going to have y'all come back. Um, I want you to come and talk to my staff. We literally were setting up uh, in May, having people come in and talk to them, you know, folks who are contractors and own their own business, like they wanted to know, like our last meeting, I said, what would you guys like to know? And they were like, hey, we want we want some more investment strategy because one of the things is I work that whatever I share with my clients, I also share with my team, right? So they said they wanted investment strategy and they wanted to know how to do their taxes. Like they wanted to figure that out because like I said, we just got raises, so that money's about to go up. They were like, hey, we need to figure this out now. So, and I love to see that. So definitely would love to have you guys come and talk to, to my people and anybody else out there, you listening and you have a business, these might be some great folks to come and talk to your employees or contractors too, in terms of different ways that they can invest with their money um, or start a business or what have you. Because I feel like when we think about the great resignation, people are leaving their jobs left and right because they're looking for an opportunity to create their own. So they're looking for um, job situations that offer them flexibility, even like what you guys say, like the, the truck drivers or realtors, but they're also looking like, okay, I can do this during the day and it's great, but what can I also have as legacy as future? So they're looking to invest in other things. And I encourage people to do that. I feel like that's a part of owning your life is that we all get to play different roles, but at the end of the day, like, we are obligated. Like that should be our number one obligation is to leave a legacy for our family in this next generation. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you for being my rich and worthy friends. And thanks to everybody who's listening. So next time, go out and own your life. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Hey, my rich and worthy woman. This is Melissa Alava, your money healer and breakthrough coach. Are you ready for your one-on-one VIP experience with me? Where we release your money blocks, generational, ancestral, and conditional. We amplify your superpowers so you can show up more powerfully in your business and at your work. We also up-level and identify all of your streams of income, at least three, so you can live the life that you've always dreamed of. Go ahead and set up your consultation with me today at melissaalaba.co. Talk to you soon.